Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley is behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494 is how you hop aboard here. My belief was broken last night in the Phillies actually winning this thing and pulling it off and winning the World Series. Tucker still has hope, still has belief, talking about karma, all those sorts of things as we head back to Houston. Where are you right now? Do you still believe the Phillies could do this? Because right now, I, I, I need your help tonight. I, I, need to, I want to walk out of here at 10 p.m. tonight and feel like, you know what? All right, everyone convince me. I'm back in. They could win this thing. Because right now, I am in a bad way after a terrible loss. So we'll get back to all your calls in the Phillies just here in a second. On the Eagles, last night was an interesting night. I, I've never. I, it's hard to think of experiencing a night like that trying to watch both, and obviously the importance of one so outweighed the importance in the moment of the other, but there's only so many Eagles games. We have an undefeated football team. I'm not going to miss a game. I'm not going to like half watch it. So I- I'm curious when you call them, we can talk about how you watched everything last night, whether it was a double TV setup, whether you went out. I know there were a lot of, a lot of establishments around here that obviously had both on. So here's what I did last night. So I, I did the pregame show with, with Glenn and Ross Tucker, and then I, I sprinted home. And I can't like baseball is the kind of game where I think you kind of listen to. And I, you know, I listen on the radio, obviously to Scott in LA on the way home. And I went back and watched those highlights, but I, that the baseball on the radio gives you the full picture. So I, I felt like, all right, I'm going to sit down and watch the game for me. I don't need to go back and like DVR any baseball. So I watched from there and I had the baseball on the big screen TV and the volume loud enough that I could hear it, but I didn't need super volume on the, on the game, the baseball game. And then what I did is I put um, the Eagles and the Texans from the start on my phone on uh, streaming on Amazon Prime, and then I put the headphones in my ear. So like I was kind of mostly listening to Al Michaels, and I'd look down at the at the Eagles like on my lap uh, or in, you know in front of me as his plays would happen, and then I'd look back up to see you know, the moments in the game I really need to focus on in baseball. How did so you were here last night, Tucker? You watched both here? Yeah, so I, I produced the Phillies game. Yes. Over at WPHT, our sister station. So I had the Phillies on. The, they only have one TV in that studio, mm. which is something we need to discuss with them. That had a what future point. What are they doing over again. there? We have four over here. Yeah, I mean, luckily, you mentioned, like, the Eagles were on Amazon Prime, so I just had my iPad out right. in front of me, and I had the Eagles on that. But because I had to produce the Phillies, I was so focused on that. I just got home and watched the Eagles again this morning. It wasn't tough. that crazy. And quite yeah. honestly, like, if I had to miss an Eagles game. That was the one. That felt like the one, and even though it felt like it never really felt like the the outcome was in doubt, did it? No. It was um, close, but it felt like a team, and we've compared this Eagles team to a college team. I mean, they looked like a college team who was just kind of shaking off the cobwebs 
and they were capable of putting up 30 points whenever they wanted. Yeah, it, it's it's remarkable how good they are that that they don't have to play their best game and they can win, they can throw, they can pass, they rush the quarterback, they cause an enormous amount of turnovers. We're watching a really excellent football team this year. Excellent is is the word I'll use for them now. And I just want to highlight Jalen Hurts, and then we'll go back to the phones and reaction of the Phillies, and and we'll talk some Eagles as well. Jalen Hurts last night, it hit me, because I I usually take notes when I watch football games. I watch the Eagles game, I take notes. So I'm kind of like charting some notes as I watch both games. And I kept making notes at the missed throws that Jalen Hurts had. And he had, I'd say three or four, where... He didn't put his, his footwork was a little off. He, he he sailed one to A.J. Brown. I think it was in the first first drive, maybe it was. Like a corner throw. Because the uh, Texans kept playing the cover two, right? So there was openings in between the corner and safety. And he, he eventually hit them very well with some touch passes. But he missed a couple. Uh, and I kept writing those down like, ah, he missed that one. A little off here. And then I looked up. And I, I eventually, I, maybe at halftime, I looked at the stats. And I, I said, all right, what, what, what's everything look like? It's a tie game. And then I looked up again at the end of the game. And Jalen Hurts was 21 of 27, 243, two touchdowns, no picks, and a passer rating of 128.9. It hit me last night, as I didn't even pay attention to the numbers, how good he is now. That I was nitpicking, like, ah, oh, he missed that one, he missed that. And he still put up, I mean, what's what's that completion percentage last night, 21 of 27? Like, he's still completing 70% of his passes, and I, I'm, I'm writing down the ones he misses. Like, I'm expecting now... Completion, 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 completion. And when something goes off, it's like, it's weird now. Well, in the past, it was like you kind of were hoping they could complete passes on drives. Now it's like I'm expecting those drives and those passes to be complete almost every time. That's how good he's gotten. And it's remarkable. As you look at Jalen Hurts' numbers, a lot of times when we discussed his trajectory, how good he could be, what's his ceiling? And I remember saying about a year ago, I thought his ceiling was to be a top 10 quarterback. I didn't know if he'd reach it, but I thought he had that kind of potential one day. And every time that his name was brought up, someone would eventually say, well, Josh Allen struggled at the beginning of his career, and he was inaccurate, and look what he became. And I think it was very fair on the other side to say, well, look at Josh Allen's physical tools, his arm strength. There's no way Jalen Hurts could do that. Well, if you look at the numbers between Josh Allen and 2020, the year he broke out to become an MVP candidate, and Jalen Hurts this year... I mean, they're either identical or Hurts is better. So through eight games, completion percentage, Hurts is better. Yards passing, one, about 130 different, Allen. Touchdown passes, 16 to 12. Interceptions, five for Allen, only two for Hurts. Passer rating, better for Jalen Hurts. Rushing yards, more for Jalen Hurts. Rushing touchdowns, more for Jalen Hurts. Total touchdowns, it's about 20 to 18 and obviously the Eagles are 8-0. That Bills team was 6-2. and Jalen Hurts isn't just a good quarterback. He's a star now. Tucker, I, I can't believe that at the rate he's completing passes. Like I, like I said last night, I I was writing down the misses saying, and then I didn't realize like he's completing everyone that's not a miss. Yeah, I mean, his passer rating has been over 125 the last two games, and only, I think, 2013 Nick Foles has ever done that in consecutive games in Eagles history. I mean, what he's done as a passer – Beating teams from the pocket and beating teams from with his arm, this is unbelievable, right? Because heading into the season, he was a run-first quarterback. He was somebody that everyone thought if he was going to win and the Eagles were going to win, it was going to be based on his legs. That's what they did last year. Right? Yep. He ran for 700 yards and, and averaged you know, almost six yards a carry and 50 yards a game. It's not happening this year. Like he, He's still running at a decent volume, but he's averaging under 40 yards a carry. It's interesting. The way the backfield dynamic works out now, He's their quarterback, and he's really their short yardage back. Mm-hmm. 
those are the two roles that he fills. But his ability on third and long to find guys down the field, had that beautiful throw to Quez Watkins to extend the the first drive yep. early in the game. He he found AJ Brown deep. He, he was you know the touchdown to Dallas Goddard, which was a, an easy routine play. I mean, he he carved up. Lovey Smith's defense for 60 minutes last night. Yeah, and speaking of Lovey, after the game, Lovey Smith called him the most improved player in the NFL. And I think it's it's obviously true. I mean, that's a slam dunk. I mean, to go from where he was last year at this time to where he is now, it's it's remarkable. Jalen Hurts is a star. He is second in the MVP odds to Josh Allen. Allen's still the favorite, but if Hurts keeps playing like this, he's going to close the gap. I mean, we may have uh, we may have a situation where Jalen Hurts is legitimately the MVP favorite at some point, or the co-favorite with with Josh Allen, and it's remarkable. These two players both struggled a lot early on, and then they hit it. They hit, and it's just like no one can stop them now. And you look at his counting numbers; they're all impressive. I like looking at, at the adjusted numbers just to see how he's faring uh, against other quarterbacks in the NFL. Yep, and it's fascinating because you look at his, his rookie year when he made four starts; he was below average in every category. There wasn't a single passing category that he was average in, which is fine. He only started four games, but. He was average in just about every category last year, and this year he's top five in most categories. I mean, even his completion percentage, he was 46 adjusted completion percentage to 83, and now he's 113 this year. I mean, what this guy's done going from being a 52% passer to a 67% passer in just two seasons is something that only Josh Allen has ever done. I always thought it was silly to compare him to Josh Allen, but right now those people who had those takes and had those comparisons, they were right. They were, and it's a testament to him. I mean, he's worked his butt off to get better, and and this team is outstanding. And they're led by a quarterback. That's this is not a make believe MVP candidate. Like, oh, well, I guess he's he's good, and they're good. No, he's the driving force of the football team. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. We could talk Jalen Hurts, the performance last night by the Eagles in a win over the Texans that I never felt they were going to lose. Though it was you know not a walkover in the first half. But they took they took over in the second half. They ran it. They passed it. They got after the quarterback. And your Philadelphia Eagles right now, first time in franchise history. And the Phillies, help me out. I need some convincing. I need some hope that they're going to win this series because my belief is it's low right now. Let's talk to Mike and Marlton. We know we want to talk some Eagles here. What's up, Mike? What's going on, Joe? How are we doing tonight? Good, Mike. What are you thinking tonight? Um, so I remember when I was a lot younger, an undefeated team that went way past 7-0 like the Cardinals did last year. And that was uh, the Carolina Panthers under Cam Newton, and that team is just filthy. Um, but my concern is that I saw something today that most undefeated teams either are losing in the divisional round uh, or in the Super Bowl, and I'm just a little discouraged by that. Um, I really hope we can lose one before the regular season ends. I know that sounds crazy, but I, I feel like there's something about going undefeated, this unspoken um, kind of, I don't know. It's just like too much for a team, and I, I don't. I think it's overrated to go undefeated. And I'm curious what you think about that. Yeah, it's a great it, Mike. It's interesting because uh, I heard a couple days ago um, when Elliot was in with uh, Mark Cerise. And Mike appreciated the phone call when Elliot was in. Mark he jumps in with Mark Cerise for an hour each Tuesday, and and Ike and and Elliot were going back and forth on is this worth it? Is it better to lose a game? And it was a, it was an interesting debate, and I think if they keep winning, isn't this going to become the central debate we have? I mean, like they're going to the playoffs. They're probably going to be the number one seed unless they slip up a couple times. Like, What's the next thing we worry about or debate other than injuries? It's should they go undefeated as a matter of rest players, all that kind of stuff. Uh, to, to the point he made of teams that go undefeated the longest tend to lose in the playoffs, I think it's a matter of peaking too early. 
You know, you don't want to do that. Teams that win the Super Bowl tend to get on a run in December and January. And and sometimes you can't help it. Like, what are the Eagles supposed to do? Like, hey, let's hit the pause button on, on our season and we'll rev it back up. Like, It's hard. It's just it's part of the way it works sometimes. As far as the only undefeated team I saw, I mean, we Tucker and I were not around for the 1972 Dolphins, so I don't know how they handled it. But I thought the Patriots in 07, it, it actually did hurt them. I thought they, I mean, they obviously tried to do it, but they were pushing in December, late in December, their hardest to win games. And I thought they were out of gas. If you go back and look at their playoff run, they didn't dominate the way they did during the regular season. I think they beat the Jaguars in the division round by like two touchdowns, but the game was never like a blowout. And they the, the, they, uh, they beat the Jaguars in the divisional round, I think, and they beat the Chargers in the title game. And that one, I think they beat a Chargers team that had Rivers on a torn ACL. It wasn't like, and they didn't dominate that game either. It wasn't like they won it by like three touchdowns. And then they lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl. And I thought by the time the Super Bowl rolled around, they were tired. Like it, it attacks them mentally and physically. Tucker, that's more of my worry if they try to do this and they pull it off, that it's a mental and physical tax rather than like, because you don't lose, you're due for a loss or something like that. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, the last 11 teams who have started 8-0 haven't won the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's weird. The, the, the only team really in the last 15 years to win the Super Bowl after starting 11-0 is the 9 Saints. The team to do that, uh, do it before them was was the uh, 06 uh, Colts, mm. who finished 12-4. and But I worry about that, but have you noticed the Eagles are also really healthy right now? Very. I, I was worried last night because... Houston has probably the worst playing surface in the NFL. Their field is brought out onto pallets because that stadium is actually built for rodeo, not for NFL football. But when I look at it, and they got out of it last night, I thought about it and went, all 22 of their starters are healthy right now. right? Like They, they are missing any key players due to injury. And I do worry that at some point that luck is going to come back to bite them. In week 13 or week 14 or week 15, if they're still pushing for this and they're you know struggling against an upstart Giants team in the middle of December, they play A.J. Brown a couple snaps too many. Yeah, They they don't get Devontae Smith enough rest. They they make sure that, that Miles Sanders gets one too many carries, and then you're limping into the playoffs shorthanded. Like, like what they're doing right now is unbelievable, but it's also worth noting they're the only NFL team right now that's like still at full strength. Yeah, well, that's and it's a testament to them because you know the, the way they. I think Nick Sirianni, Nick Sirianni deserves credit. I mean, the way he handled the um, the preseason and the training camp. I mean, they're a healthy football team. It's a fun debate. I I'm excited we get to have this if they keep winning. Like, they talk about being spoiled. Like, should they or should they not go for a perfect season? Like, if we're having that debate in December, this thing's pretty darn good. Um, we aren't even halfway through the season. No, we're not. That would be next week if if and when they beat the Commanders on Monday night. We're going to have Trey Wingo on the show coming up today. Trey joins us once a week now. A great guest. He'll be with us. I'm going to ask about that, the, the idea of, of the uh, you know undefeated, is it worth it, peaking too early. We'll talk to Trey about that coming up at 8 o'clock. Rob and West Grove. I think Rob has an idea for a lineup tweak for Topper. What's up, Rob? Hey, what's going on, Joe? Uh, I thought I was going to have something to make you more uh... – Interested and hopeful, but uh, then I heard you say that they might be using um, Ranger Ranger out out tomorrow. Because I, I was going to say we got our two best pitchers going in six and seven. I know, uh, but you know so, what, and, and Robin, it doesn't mean they're going to have to. But the fact that no. top, the fact that Topper said it today, it yeah. just makes me think that they don't feel great about Wheeler and where he is physically right now. But but the lineup tweak I had, and I had a quick point on the Eagles after this. But the mm-hmm. lineup tweak. Because Tom always said he doesn't want to mess with it. He doesn't want to mess with people's heads. The two that he could switch 
that are consummate players, and it wouldn't mess with them is if you flip Ramuto and Harper. So you get, I know it puts yeah. lefty and lefty in a row. I get that, but, but it protects Harper. It protects yeah. Harper. Yeah. And then it would mean Reese would get more pitches to see too because Harper's coming up next. Yeah, and Rob, here's why I do like that. And I actually thought he might do it before game one uh, because, and I understand why he wouldn't typically because you don't want a lefty to come in and be able to handle both Schwarber and Harper with only one righty in between, right? You want to typically make the lefty out of the bullpen have to deal with both both Hoskins and Real Muto in between the lefties. But in this series, the Astros don't even have a lefty out of their bullpen. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter in this series. Yeah, that's why I was thinking that. And and it wouldn't affect Ramuto or Harper anyway because they're, they're professional hitters. Right. Yeah, like, I, you can see how yeah. Ramuto chokes up on the bat when he gets behind. Like, he's not swinging for the fences. He's just trying to put it in play. So, and my point real quick on the Eagles, I agree with you. Like, they are amazing. Last night's game, I watched the Eagles game because I didn't want – Double stress. I didn't want to watch the Phillies and be stressed and then catch the score. Like the halftime score, 14-14, right. not right. watching it, it, you would think it would be worse than it was. But they only had the ball three times in the first half. You're right, and, and, they, score, and, they, score, and they score two touchdowns, yep. Yeah, um, but I wish that like all games were played on Amazon. The way they did the after show, bringing out, I don't know if you saw it, they brought out Hertz and Kelsey and the crowd was still there and the setup of the, the stage for the announcers. Yeah, it was, I, I, Rob, it was, that was awesome. And I'm not sure how much you've seen of the broadcast before, but, you know, before last night, but I, I was watching on my phone as I watched the Phillies game on the TV and it was like, it was so good, like the ability to pause the game or rewind 10 seconds, like, yeah, it was better than, like, the graphics are better than TV. See, I did that when, um, on the touchdown pass when they were reviewing it. Right. Because I thought for a second Mills had crossed the line of scrimmage. Okay. Because I, I, the gameplay was just so quick, I yeah. couldn't tell. So I rewound it to look at it. It gave you the opportunity to do that and not miss anything. Yeah. You're was, right about that. It was great. Yeah, and I, I yeah. like those guys. That post-game show with Fitzpatrick and Richard Sherman, those guys are yeah. good. So, but yeah, don't give up hope. Like, it, anything's possible. Like, we've got so much going on right now. We can't forget, we got the Union this weekend, too. We do. It's 4 o'clock. You got, Rob, you're yeah. right about that. It's, it's, we got a, it's a weekend of champions. We've got an undefeated yeah. football team. We've got a baseball team trying to win it all, and it's and a soccer team. Rob, appreciate it, man. So, Rob was talking about the post-game show last night, uh, and last night was a big party for Jalen Hurts, right? He got to go home, homecoming. Very, I mean, It was pretty special for him. I'm sure it was great. 150 people in the crowd. His family was there. His mom, his sister. I guess that was his, his brother, too. They were all on the field a little bit. They were showing it. Um, before the game, I forget that reporter's name. Taylor Rooks, is that her name? Um, she sat with Hertz at a restaurant, and they were eating, and he's talking MVP you know, consideration. And you could tell, you know, it's a big moment for him, going back to Houston. Does he get uncomfortable around MVP conversation? Seems like something that would bother him. Well, yeah, when she asked him about it, he, uh, he said he thinks it's a team award. Which is like, of course, that's what Jalen Hurts is going to say. But then after the game, Rob was just talking about the the post game show, Kelsey and Hurts. I mean, listen to this, and I think it gives you a glimpse into like, really listen to this. It's not just them on the stage. Listen to the crowd. Like this was a road game last night. Here is Hurts and Kelsey with the Amazon crew after the game, and with the crowd that was obviously almost all Eagles fans. All right, we want to fly, go fly. Ready, ready. I don't know if I know the whole word yet. I know.
It is crazy that that was a road venue. I mean, I, I know at that point after the game, whatever Texans fans there left anyway. But that sounded like it was here. That The whole bottom row, if you're watching that clip, the whole bottom row for, I would say, maybe half of the, the field, right? So maybe 25 to, to 50 yards of people. that All in the bottom row, bottom of the stadium. That's all Eagles fans packed in behind the the. the you know, the stage there where they do the post-game show. So, obviously, a, a, a fun time there for Kelsey and Hurts singing that with everybody. Cashmere's in Pottstown talking to Phillies after a gut punch. What's up, Cashmere? What's up there, Joe? How you feeling uh, today? Joe, um, man, listen, Joe, I'd love, to be, I'd love to be positive with you right now, and I'd love to kind of say, to kind of get you off the, get you off the cliff and say everything's going to be okay. But, Joe, after I've watched the last two games specifically, I-, I feel like I'm starting to see the old Phillies again. The Phillies we saw from April and May, and the Phillies that we saw from pretty much all of September. The, the team that cannot hit, that just that tightens up with runners in scoring position. The team that cannot get a hit to buy a hit to save its life with a runner in scoring position that can't even make contact with runners in scoring position, which is something they haven't done this whole postseason because they've done that the entire postseason was get big hits, make good plays, make okay plays defensively, don't make the big mistake, get the big hits. This team's not doing that. They're playing tight. You could arguably say, Joe, that the Phillies have actually outplayed the Astros the last four, the four, the, the four five of the six games. But, of course, the Astros are still up 3-2. And we have Zach Wheeler going in game six. I'm sorry, but they asked Zach Wheeler, hey, after his bullpen, they asked him, hey, Zach, how you feeling, man? You, you think you're ready to go? He's like, oh, well, you know, we'll see. What do you mean, we'll see? I, I, it does not strike me to give me confidence, Joe. I, it doesn't look good. I think it's over. The magic has run out. The Astros, I believe, are a better team, and they're going to win this thing in six. And there's really, honestly, I can't get excited. I'm sorry, Joe. I'm sorry. I yeah, you know, you don't have to apologize. I mean, I, listen, you're, you're telling us how you feel, and that, that's what we're talking about, how we feel after last night. And I feel similarly now, Cashmere, tomorrow night when first pitch rolls around, I, I'll be excited. Like, I, I will be amped, and I'll be hoping that, boom, Schwarber's get the first one out of the park down in Houston. But right now, I do have a similar feeling that it, it does feel like the magic is worn off and the, and the universe is, like the magic yeah, is worn out. Like when, when McCormick made that catch last night, that was the kind of ball that had fallen in the last couple of weeks. It didn't. Exactly. And if that ball falls in, I mean, you could arguably say JT, I mean, because that same kind of ball that hit, except it was the left field, that against the Braves, he hits an inside the park home run. The game is tied. You know, you could arguably say if that ball goes off the wall and McCormick doesn't catch that, you could arguably say JT's all the way. He's at least probably going to get to third. Am I wrong? Uh, no, he probably is. I mean, Cashby, you're, you're right and, and about that. And who knows? Maybe he might try to score. Maybe maybe Dusty Walton tries to send him, but it's an out. And then, and honestly, I mean, if I'm Dusty Baker, I mean, if there's one thing that can lose him this world, if there's one thing that can lose him this World Series, do not pitch to Bryce Harper in a big spot. Just don't do it. I'm walking him every single time. I don't even care if it's Fremont Valdez tomorrow at all. I'm walking Bryce Harper. And I'm going to say, Castellanos, you beat me because he hasn't shown he can. I mean, I like his defense, but, hey, uh, Dick, we kind of paid you $100 million for you to start hitting, and you're not doing it here. You know, and he... Reese Hoskins is such a joke. I, 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 I Listen, I like Reese. I'm not trying to be uh, – I'm not trying to disparage him here, Joe. The guy, the guy can't play it. I mean, he just can't play defense. Like, I, he's hit a couple bombs. I'm glad he's had some good postseason moments. 
But my God, man, could you make could you make a ground ball and make a throw to make a throw to home plate that that lost the game? That was like our Bill Buckner moment. Oh, it was egregious. I mean, it, it's a play egregious, that he's got to make. Casper, we appreciate it, man. I hope you feel better when you watch tomorrow. You know, I'll be on with Tom Kelly tomorrow night after the game. Hopefully, we're talking. It's weird. I I always hoped and thought like it would work out that, that we could be I could be on the air when the Philly season ends and I was hoping in a parade here or in a championship but like I'm going to do the final out tomorrow night and, and the post game with Tom Kelly and it's just I it's weird after this run because the Phillies have consumed us for the past month like it's it's weird that tomorrow night we could say goodnight to the season goodbye to this I haven't really wrapped my mind around that yet that tomorrow could be the end of the season but as far as the um the, the the Hoskins thing goes. I mean, it's you know what's amazing in in the football playoffs because it's one game, two games, three games. You could kind of be a different player in the football postseason. It's such a short period. Baseball, it goes on so long. You are who you are, and like this hasn't this been the full Reese Hoskins experience the last month? Streakiness, home runs and bunches, defensive miscues. Like he's been the full Reese Hoskins this postseason. Yeah, I mean, you can trace their one loss in the NLDS to a Reese Hoskins error. Yep. And he's made other defensive miscues in the past, but he hit four home runs in the NLCS that we didn't really notice. He hit a home run in Game 3 of the World Series, too. But now that it's kind of all on display and their offense isn't clicking the way it was a week ago, all of their warts are exposed. Their inability to, to get people out, their inability to move guys up and, and play small ball on a consistent level it's now all exposed. Like the Astros look like a better team right now because the Phillies aren't slugging home runs at the rate they were against the Padres and Braves. Yeah, two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. We'll come back. Your phone calls. I need some help believing. I need you to help me believe in this team that they come back and do this. Whether it's karma, destiny, belief in what they've done before. Because I'm down right now. Like my belief level on the Phillies was so high after Game Three, so high. And it is falling back very low right now as we head to Game 6. Do you still believe? Yes or no? 215-592-9494. We'll come back. All your phone calls in the fills. And I want to throw in and talk about the most under-talked about or underrated or just kind of under the radar excellent part of this Eagles team that shows up week in, week out, and makes big plays. We'll talk about that with you guys on Sports Radio 94 WIP. One of the things I love about betting on the NFL is that I'm always finding new players or game props that I like. And what's cool about FanDuel Sportsbook in partnership with Valley Forge Casino is you can combine these props with other bets in the same game to score an even bigger payout. Perfect for Sunday's games. Look, I'll give you a game that I like a lot of props in. How about we go with the game between Detroit and Green Bay? This feels like an over game. I'll go over in the game. I will go over the rushing yards for Aaron Jones. And give me over the passing yards for Jared Goff. I think the Lions have to play catch-up, and he throws for a whole bunch of yards in the second half. Same game parlay, just one of the many reasons I bet with FanDuel. It's easy to use, easy to register, easy to deposit, easy to find your bet, and there's fast withdrawals. When you win, FanDuel pays your winnings fast. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 94WIP. There's no feeling like nailing a same game parlay bet, so lock in your bet today on FanDuel Sportsbook. I really like the FanDuel app. New to FanDuel Sportsbook, sign up today. Promo code GILIO for your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's promo code G-I-G-L-I-O. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley's behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. Get you bored on this Friday night. And I need some help. I mean, I'm down. And my belief level on this Phillies team is as low as it's been really the entire postseason. I mean, ever since they were you know were down the ninth inning in, in St. Louis, that but that happened fast. Like, it changed fast. They won the game quickly. They haven't been down in a series until now and throughout the whole postseason. So it's been easy to believe. They, they've they've really kind of conjured up this belief that they can do this, that they can continue to win and, and find their way to the next round or, or now hopefully in this one win a championship. And when I walked out of the building on Game 3 when the Phillies had all those home runs, I was like, we're going to have a parade here? Like, is this really happening? And then the last two games have just really broken my confidence and my belief that they could pull this off. The no-hitter was bad. But last night was worse because they had chances to win the game, a lot of them. I mean, you leave 12 runners on base, you make two critical defensive mistakes, you deserve to lose. And it's just frustrating as it came back to what we were worried about to begin with, which was their ability to get big hits and big moments when it's not a couple of guys, and their ability to play good enough defense. And last night their defense was – I mean, that Reese Hoskins play, I I really, for him tomorrow, I hope, I hope he has a big offensive game. Hits a home run early against Fromber, and we could – I just – it'd be a shame because he has had big moments this postseason. But, I mean, what are we going to remember Reese Hoskins for this postseason? Is it his home runs? Is it the spike? Or is it going to be that play in the World Series? Maybe both, but it's not solely the spike when you have a defensive moment like that in a playoff game. Doesn't that feel like that was months ago? Maybe it's because I'm tired, but it does feel like it was a long time ago. Like I just I feel like that entire game and that run in the NLDS and even the the two home games that I went to the NLCS, it feels like a lifetime ago. It feels like months, not just a couple weeks ago. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Tom's in South Jersey. Hey Tom. Hey guys, how you doing? Good, Tom. What's up, buddy? What are you thinking? Yeah, well, I'm, I want to cheer you up a little bit. I, I what I think is. In spite of all the mistakes the Phillies made last night, and they made a lot, right? 
poor poor fielding plays, poor strategy plays, poor hitting. Of all the things that went wrong, and the bad luck, too, I mean, and the incredible plays that Houston made, the, the catch against the fence, the catch at the first base bag from Schwerber's bullet, of all that, they only lost by one run. So I still am pretty optimistic that they're going to win the next game. So you, just, so, yeah, so you, you kind of are taking the good out of last night, that they were still in the game despite all that nonsense. Exactly. Think of all those things. You know, that was a lot of bad a bad play, bad luck, bad strategy, everything. And they lost by one run. And within a foot, you know, another foot on, on the Real Muto's uh, hit at the end, and it's still going, you know. I well, mean, you're right. And and maybe, you know, if the close. ball bounces a different way into Hoskins' glove, maybe it's a different – maybe they take the lead there in the ninth inning. I mean, yeah. I, or, I mean, there's a million – that's what I mean. There's so many things that could have went right, and they still only lost by a run on spite of all that bad stuff. So – I wouldn't give up hope yet, and I'm not giving up hope. Uh, yeah, the other thing I said was about the Eagles. What worries me about the Eagles is they're not playing elite competition right now, you know? I mean, the Eagles have to be tested with some elite competition if we're going to have a chance at the Super Bowl, and are we going to face any? You know, I guess maybe Dallas is going to be tough a little bit, I guess. Yeah, but, but to be fair, Tom, they didn't really face any in, in 2017 either. I mean, they had the last place schedule then, and they beat up a lot of bad teams in October and November, and it didn't matter. When they got there, they beat the teams they had to beat, and they won a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I, I see Yeah, I see what you're saying. So hopefully they'll, you know, hopefully that'll work out again. But I, I wish they were facing some tougher teams, you know, because – and I definitely don't want to be the one that wants them to go for a 17-0 season. I mean, what a waste of time that is. It's, it, it's it's so interesting, Tom. I, I appreciate your. It's so interesting. Two people have chimed in tonight saying they don't want it. Now, I mean, well, th- this will be a major discussion. I'm, I'm sure in coming weeks. But our first two people, when we just kind of just for the first time brought it up on this show, nah, I don't want it. I mean, it is pretty darn special to go undefeated. Like I understand the pitfalls, but there is like the Eagles would be remembered as one of, if not the greatest team of all time. Is it because you don't get a trophy for that? There's nothing to hold up. I get. I mean, that's the only thing I can think. I mean, I, I get winning the Super Bowl is the ultimate goal, but wouldn't be going undefeated? Wouldn't that be a little bit more special than that? Well, it's more... like no one, like two teams have done it ever. Yeah, I mean, I... fifty-four teams have won the Super Bowl. So there's a lot of ways to to rate who the best is, right? You could go by just record. You could go by dominance. You can go by point differential. Right? There's a lot of ways to say, okay, that team was the best versus that team was the best. All I know is this. If the Eagles went undefeated and won the Super Bowl, they would be in the discussion forever of the greatest team of all time. The other thing is... Yeah, but they didn't play good teams in weeks one through six. Do you know what? When people bring up the 72 Dolphins or the... I mean, who, who else would be on the list? The 03, 04 Patriots, right? The I mean, 07 Patriots lost in the Super Bowl. But uh, the, some of those Cowboys teams in the 90s, the Steel Curtain. Does anyone remember who they played? I mean, like, as time goes on, we just say they were great. Like, I have no idea. Maybe the Steelers in the 70s didn't play anybody in some of those years they were great. I mean, I, I honestly don't know because it doesn't get talked about. All I know is this. The 72 Dolphins still get rolled out there once a year to celebrate what they did. They only won 14 games. But that's nothing compared to 17. That's apple juice. Yeah, exactly. If the Eagles could do this, I, I, my gut tells me, based on Sirianni and Hurts, that they would try for it. Now, the front office... I mean, I'm sure they have some egos, too. We'll, we'll let you hear what Howie Roseman had to say last night, speaking of egos. But 
they might worry about injuries and 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 kind of like the whole thing of rest and, and all that. But man, if this group has a chance, I think they're going to try for it. it. It's it's how could you not? But again, we have a lot of season to go. Dan in Northeast Philly's up. What's up, Dan? Hey Joe, how you doing? Good, Dan. What's up, buddy? Um, I think the Phillies are out of but Their problem is they need they, they're a couple starting pitchers short because. Without Wheeler being 100%, and uh, it's funny, I was talking to the one kid from softball about this. Um, we didn't make the playoffs in the, in the fall, but, um, you know, we're, without Wheeler being 100%, you know, Nola wears down, I mean, the bullpen's held its own, and they, they tried to give us that game the other night. I mean, you got first and third with one out. you got to do something. A long fly ball, bunt the ball, do something, put it in play. Yeah, just, it's so disappointing, Dan. How many chances they had to score last night and couldn't do it? They, they but we're, it comes down to pitching in a seven-game series, and we're we're a starter too short. That's what I'm afraid of. And uh, the Eagles. The only thing I could say is, I can't believe how. I mean, I didn't. Did you see this coming at the beginning of the season? They were going to be this good, did you? So I. Dan, I thought they had a chance to to go to the Super Bowl and be a, a really good team in the NFC and maybe the number one seed, but I didn't see this. Like I thought, more like eleven, twelve wins. I mean, they they might win fourteen or fifteen. I was thinking maybe you know I try not to get too high. You know, maybe nine, maybe ten, maybe ten wins. I couldn't imagine. I I just can't believe how good they are. But yeah, I'm just afraid that the Phillies are. A couple, uh, a couple pitchers, couple starters, short, and you know, Nola wears down. Without Wheeler, Wheeler was the race. Without him being a hundred percent, we're in deep doo-doo. Yeah, well, I mean, you're, Dan, you're right. They are short, and we appreciate the phone call, Dan. Now they've they've found their way through this. They've navigated through, but they are. I mean, th- th- again, last night in Game Five of the World Series, the series tied two to a pivotal Game Five. The Phillies started Noah Syndergaard, and it's not a knock on him. He actually did fine for the moments he was out there, and he had a, a, a good run of striking batters out, and he had that strike him out, throw him out, double play in the, in the first inning with a nice throw by Real Muto. But they threw a starter out there last night in, in the most pivotal game of the season that they don't trust to pitch to more than 11 or 12 batters. It tells you what they have right now in terms of pitching. They're short. And they're going to have to find a way to navigate through this to come back. But that's that's the truth. They are short in the rotation. Meanwhile, Christian Javier is the number four starter for the Astros. He led a combined no-hitter in game four. I mean, one team is stronger in the pitching department. And the Phillies have to overcome that. 215-592-9494. I, I need help here. I, you know, I have to say, a handful of callers so far tonight have made me feel a little bit better. You know, Tucker's throwing out Taylor Swift and Carmen, all those things, and made me feel a little bit better. But I, I need your help because I still, I'm still down on their chances to come back and win this series. It's just, it feels like a very big mountain to climb starting tomorrow night. Like, I just, I wish it was the Nola, uh, the uh, Wheeler from three weeks ago because that guy was pitching really well and I think he shut down the Astros. I have no idea. Like, if you tell me right now, Zach Wheeler goes out tomorrow and pitches five or six one run innings, I would. Say okay, great. If he tells me he goes out there and he goes get, is out in the second inning, I wouldn't be shocked. No, me neither. And I wouldn't be shocked if that's just due to fatigue, not yeah. even a, a lack of effectiveness, right? Like, would you be shocked if you just went through the lineup one time the way Syndergaard did yesterday, and they call it and bring Suarez in to to face Jordan Alvarez in his second at bat? 
I would not. No, I, I think it's it's probably more likely than we want it to be. Let's talk to Rob, who's up here on WIP. Hey, Rob. So I'm going to make you feel better, Joe, okay? okay. Mm-hmm. All right, real fast, let me start with the Eagles, and i got a couple points. Um, the 17-game schedule, you're not always going to have your A game. And they didn't have their A game last night. They got rattled you know, pretty bad in the first half. But you know what? They made the plays. Um, they came up with a key interception. They didn't turn over the ball. They took away the ball. You know, they protect the ball. That's one thing Hurts does. I don't think it's talked about enough. He doesn't give the ball away. He doesn't. I know he had a turnover last night, but I think that was the first one all year, Joe, his turnover last night. It was the first fumble he lost. Um, yeah. And, Rob, it's interesting. After the game, Sirianni was asked about turnovers, right, because they're getting a lot on yeah. defense and they're not turning over. And sometimes people think that turnovers are luck. And he said, no, like this this, they, this is what they want to be. And, I, Rob, yeah, I, I I agree with you. The best thing Hurts does is he doesn't put the ball in harm's way. Exactly. And, and okay, Joe, now it is Phil's. i got a couple quick points. Tucker can get that clip for you where Rocky's talking to his son. They tell him it's not about how hard you can get hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. That's a great think, clip. It's a great clip. I think clip. that might pump you up a little bit, Joe. I think that might give you a little confidence because you know what? Not only do we get hit, Joe, we got hit again. You know what I mean? We got hit two games in a row. So let's see what the boys are made of. So a couple quick points, Joe. I think Thompson, you know, now it's easy to play Monday morning quarterback. But he may have left in Syndergaard too long because he gave him that, that home run. You know, right before they took him out. I know, and I think that was that he he just wanted to get one more yeah, batter. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So we got, but I can't. But you know, blame the guy because I probably would do the same thing. But that was one. And another thing was, what bit us in the you know what is biting us in the you know what now the defense. But you know, we we harped on that. We have harped on that already, Joe. What do you think about? It was crazy with Marsh coming up to lay a bunt down, to lay a squeeze down in that situation. You know, with his wheels and sending. The guy, I know it's a risk because you got. You know, Schwerber coming up, you don't want to take the bat out of his hands if there's an awful mistake. But what do you think about that, Joe? You know what I mean? Marsh playing a little squeeze down in that situation. Yeah, they could have done that. Um, you know, the one thing is is he was hitting. Like, right, like Marsh has been hitting in this series for the most part, so I think they wanted to give him a chance there to, to make it get a big hit. But, you know, he, Presley's done a good job against him in his career. Rob, it's not the craziest idea. Like, I, they could have done that. Yeah, and one more quick thing, Joe. If you remember that, Anthony, I can't remember the first bit. Is Alvarez the first bit? The guy said a couple of runs. That could have been. That could have been. Give us the lead. Oh yeah, that, that was actually it was. Well, Guriel's out there, but he I'm got sorry. hurt. He got hurt, so it was Mancini. Oh Mancini, yeah. I mean that that could have been. You know, we, we got a guy who can't make a play, giving up a run, and then I know they had that play, and then the play in the ninth inning with McCormick against the wall. I mean. Yeah. They they made the play defensively. We didn't make the play defensively. That, and that's that, it. That that's, that's how that that's that, that's in a, in a tight game and in a razor thin game. Rob, we appreciate it. That's the play. Now look, I'm going back to the eighth inning last night. He's talking about the uh, the, the Marsh strikeout. So the inning started with a Castellanos walk. It went uh, Boehm struck out. Stott walked. Segura gets the RBI hit to make it three two. They brought Presley in for Montero there, and then Marsh strikes out swinging before the the play that Mancini made on the Schwarber hit down the line. It's one out at that point. Runners on first and third. I mean, you're probably not going to bunt there. I mean, I understand the idea of a sack, of a, a squeeze play to try to get the run in. Again, you know, even with last night, and it wasn't a great night for for Marsh. I mean, Brandon Marsh is hitting in the World Series. He, he's he, overall he's hit in this World Series. So I, I understand why lefty righty. I know Presley's done well against Marsh in their respective careers, but I I get why. Topper wanted to let Marsh hit. I mean, he's been hit the ball well. If you include last night in in his statistics, like even on a not a great night last night, he's he's sitting you know, 400 on base and a 583 slugging in the World Series. I mean, he's he's helped them. 
in, in 15 plate appearances so far. So I, I get letting him hit there. That That's for sure. I wanted to bring up quickly, and we're going to have uh, Trey Wingo coming on 8 o'clock, talks to football with us and the idea of this Eagles team and, and the U-word, which has been brought up a couple times tonight. So I think there's a, a, a part of this Eagles team that we really haven't gone overboard talking about. It's not just one guy. I mean, they have one guy who's probably the biggest star of the group, but it's all of them. This secondary is amazing. It like they are so locked down at every area, and they make so many plays. So Chauncey Gardner Johnson, first Eagle with again an interception in four straight games since 1972. Darius Slay was targeted just twice last night, didn't allow a catch, and he's only allowed a 27.7 passer rating this year when targeted. Bradbury had one mistake last night where the receiver got past him on the first drive. Other than that, he was usually good. He's really good, and he had the pick late. Epps makes a lot of plays. Maddox, I mean, he's a lockdown guy on, at the, the slot position. I don't know if there's any other secondary in the league that's a, that's five deep as good as the Eagles, like three corners and two safeties. I mean, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson might lead the league in picks. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's got five. No one else, I think everyone else in the league has four, but that, that's because he's played an extra game so far. But what they've done, especially defensively, I mean, their ability to just lock down the pass – it is huge, and they've been porous against the run, and they certainly weren't last night, and they will be with Jordan Davis out. But last year we saw them play really conservatively on the back end to, to make sure they don't allow any big plays. They aren't allowing big plays this year, but no. they aren't allowing any plays at all. Nope. I mean, what what those you know three big names that they have back there in Slay, Bradbury, and Gardner-Johnson have done, I mean, that's the most talent we've seen on the back end of an Eagles defense in a really, really long time. It's it re- I mean a really long time. Like they've had like some- Sheldon Brown, Lito Shepard, Brian Dawkins, yeah. Michael Lewis. Like that might it. be the last time they had this much talent in their secondary. I think that is it. And they, and they make plays. It's like it's one thing we have some good, really good corners in the league that that shut t- people down. They take the ball away. I mean they're doing it at a ridiculous pace right now. I mean if this continues, we're gonna have one of the all time turnover differentials with this team, and and it's become a habit. And and I love Chauncey Gardner Johnson. I love the energy he plays with. I love. I love that he's always around the football. And Marcus Epps is probably the worst of these guys. And I don't mean that in like a negative way. He's probably their, their fifth of the five. He makes a lot of plays. He's a solid safety. Frankie is in Roxburgh. Frankie, what's up, buddy? Hey, Joe, how you doing? Frankie, I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm I'm doing good. Um, about the Phillies, I want to make a point about the Phillies and the Eagles, Joe. Okay, go for it. Um, I'm afraid that like, you remember during the season they'd go in these 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 like slumps where they'd lose like eight games in a row. Yeah, they'd go cold. Uh, yeah, they had. I mean, yeah, obviously, a, yeah, April and May was a lot of that. Yep. And then they'd wake up and they'd win like like nine in a row. Like that's what I'm um kind of worried about. Like that's what's happening, but I hope not. Now, to get my point about the Eagles, now, Jalen, Joe, he has improved so much. And, like, he's not only throwing better, Joe, he's seeing the field better. He's, like, using everybody. Well, and, you know, he he has such Joe's command. He's using for, everybody. Yeah, he has, you're right, and he has such command of the offense. That he, he never panics. It's like... He knows where to go. He knows where his reads are. And you're right, Frank, it's not just one guy. I mean, his throws to Dallas Goddard, it's almost always a catch for 10 yards, almost every time. Yeah, and last night he made a throw to Goddard. Um, 
He threw it over the linebacker, and Goddard got hit out. Of, he, he ran out of bounds. He got hit out of bounds. Do you remember that one play? Yes, I do. That was that throw was awesome. Yeah, that was right by about the five-yard line. He threw it right in between the corner and the safety. Perfect. Yes, he had to throw it over the linebacker, yep. too. Yep. So, uh, yeah, Joe, that's what I'm afraid of, that – that our bats got cold for some reason. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, well, they have. I mean, they went from hitting all those home runs in game number three to, I mean, basically nothing last night. Frankie, appreciate it. Now, part of this, too, and, you know, I, I do think the Phillies had opportunities last night to score. They didn't really have opportunities in game four. That was just a, just a, a dominant effort by the Astros pitching staff. Again, the we talked about it before the series. The Astros have one of the great pitching staffs ever. They had an ER, a team ERA of, like, 2.8-something. Like, this is... This is what they did all year. I think their bullpen in this World Series is a .88 ERA, some, something to that effect. Like, It's not that surprising that they could have a no-hitter or shut the Phillies down in big moments. This is who they are. I mean, the Phillies have to take advantage of the chances they get, and they need to pitch better on their side um, You know, with Nola and Wheeler the next couple games if we see them because you're not going to get six runs a game against the Astros. It's like... There's no way that's going to happen over the course of a whole series. No, I mean, they didn't allow that, right? I think they, I saw a stat before the World Series, they had eight innings pitched by pitchers who had a below league average ERA in a 162-game season. That, that's almost impossible. I think it was the second lowest in, in Major League history. Not only that, Gene Segura's hit in the eighth inning to, to score a run and, and pull it to within 3-2. You know, it's the only hit they've allowed with the runners in scoring position in the postseason. So they've locked down in the biggest moments. They, they've shown up in the big moments, and the critical moments, and they've made sure to get out of them. So would you say it was eight innings? How many innings of below average ERA pitchers? I think it was eight and a third. So obviously there's some extra inning games over the course of the season. But if you just say, if you just say nine innings per night times 162, that comes out to 1,458 innings you have to cover over the course of a season, at least. You know, there could be, let's say, give or take 30 or 25 extra innings over the course of your whatever it is. So eight or, or or so, a little more than eight. It was eight and two thirds out of at least fourteen fifty eight. So so basically fourteen hundred and fifty innings they got out of above average guy you know guys with above average ERAs. That's the what, only team with fewer since World War II was the seventy nine Orioles. Yeah, it's nuts. I mean, it's it, their pitching staff is insane, and that's why the Phillies can't make mistakes like last night. You have sometimes you have to win a two one game or a three two game. You can't give away runs. Two one five. 592-9494. It's how you hop board. All right, coming up in a few minutes here, we'll get back to everyone's phone calls. I need your help tonight to feel better about the Phillies. Give me something to latch on to for tomorrow night because my belief level is as low as it's been, you know, for a while now, certainly after the last couple games. That was demoralizing last night to lose the way they did. The Hoskins mistakes. I, I think Hoskins had one of the worst World Series games you'll ever see. Four strikeouts. Four strikeouts from one hitter and a critical defensive miscue. That's you can't have a worse World Series game as a position player. It's almost impossible. And then the Castellanos thing. Tucker threw out the idea of maybe swapping him and Bohm in the lineup. I think that's a good one. I, I would consider moving Segura up to five and, and moving Castellanos down to eight. I mean, he just hasn't hit at all. So we'll get back to your Phillies phone calls. The Eagles and their excellence right now, including the Jalen Hurts leap he's made. This is Josh Allen 2020 territory. How good Hurts has gotten He's a full-blown star. 215-592-9494. We'll come back. All your phone calls. And we'll be joined by Trey Wingo, our weekly football chat with Trey. 
about the Eagles, their victory last night, NFL trade deadline. And what does he think about this undefeated talk and the historical impact it could have? And if we're on our way there with this Eagles team, 215-592-9494 on Sports Radio 94 WIP. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.